This is Chatting Human Design, the place to be to hear how real people use human design in their everyday life. I'm so excited to have you. Hello, everybody. Thanks for joining me yet again. My guest today is a 3-6 self-projected projector. I don't know if I've had a self-projected projector on, maybe <laughs> like one. They're pretty darn rare. She is an embodiment coach, a human design reader, a bunch of stuff. Her name is Kate, and I'm so excited to have her on here. I've been talking to her on Instagram a little bit for a while. She um, is a... I don't know what to call it. Not a disciple because that sounds crazy, but <laughs> she um, has worked with Jess Fields as well. And yeah, welcome, Kate. Hello, Kate. Hello. Thank you. Love that. <laughs> right, right. I was like, I don't, it's not a religion, but Jess is amazing. So I don't know what to call it, but yeah, uh, we both, Fan. yeah, we're, we're fans, but you're also, you like work with her now. So mm-hmm. you're more, you're more than a fan. <laughs> I like to think I'm a close friend. I mean, I am her close friends group on Instagram. So <laughs> we are close friends now. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself in your own words? Yeah. Um, let's see. Who am I today? I am. I wonder if people just give me that opening. I'm like, I don't know. What part of me do you want to know about? But I like from, I guess, like from the human design perspective, I, like you already said, I'm a self-projected projector. I came to human design, like I first learned about it in 2012. So like Mm -hmm. 10 years ago now, which seems so wild. Um, And I learned a lot of the, like the foundations, you know, around like type strategy, authority, Mm -hmm. a little bit about profile and some like random information about certain gates that I had. And I kind of just stayed there for years like because you know learning that I was a projector and that I was really operating like a manifesting generator in the world and there was a lot of um there's a lot of bitterness I needed to work through and a lot of changing around my life I needed to work through before I could really even contemplate diving deeper into the system because I knew I knew at one point I would and I also was like there is so much here and I clearly don't even like <laughs> have the basic piece of this down yet so oh, yeah I totally I'm totally on board with you. People talk about PHS to me and I mm-hmm. go, I, I haven't got there yet. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll yeah. get there, but I'm, <laughs> I'm immersed in, I did a similar thing to you. I learned I was, uh, well, first I thought I was a generator. And so I went with that for a few months and then realized I put my birth time in it incorrectly. And now I'm a mental projector. Um, <laughs> it's a slight difference. Yeah, so, so a little bit when I learned that people did that and, and a lot of people were like don't worry it won't be that big of a change and then I was like oh I, I messed this up let's see what I did oh I really messed this one up yep <laughs> so yeah it it's something where once I learned that part I was like I need to be here for a minute because this is a lot mm-hmm. and I don't know how much farther I can go and have capacity for everything so there's a lot more I want to learn about and things like PHS and all that stuff really interest me, mm-hmm. but I'm almost like, I can't, I can't do that yet. It's too much. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think there's like, it, I think that this is a really important thing though, because like we, like, especially you and I, we both have defined Ajnas. We're both like, you know, we ha- like need a lot of things to think about and like information and things like that. But I think it's like, there can be this phase that I think many of us go through at varying points with different things of like information gathering and like just constantly wanting more information. Mm-hmm. But if we don't do the integration and embodiment and experimentation part, exactly. it just all sits here and it'd be like, 
like I remember learning about gate 20 like back in yeah like 2012 or 2013 because it's part of my authority Mm -hmm. and I could tell you like what a like one of the books said about gate 20 but I couldn't actually like like understand it in the context of like but what does that mean for me and the rest of my chart what is the importance level of all of this I was like but I have the facts but it was all just up here in my brain you know yeah exactly (laughs) yeah I did a lot of that too and then I realized I was like I should experiment with this stuff especially as a three six like hello I should really try some of this stuff out before I I move further and one of the biggest things for me and for you because I mean you're pretty open but I'm real open Mm -hmm. uh is the undefined center which is what we're going to talk about today um and a lot of times as for me, especially when I start to talk to people about undefined centers, they automatically are like, oh, these are, this is, this is the bad stuff about me. This is where all my conditioning is and all the negative things. So let's just get it over with. Let's talk about all the negative stuff. And that's that. And I'm like, no, no, no. First of all, there's nothing negative for me anyway. There's nothing negative and positive about human design. It just is. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. I hate, I'm not a big fan of that phrase, but it very much fits. Um, and you're given the cards that you are dealt and we do with it what we will. And I, in particular, will not look at my undefined centers as negative because that's too much work (laughs) and I have a lot of undefined. So that just seems like a lot of weight to be adding to my shoulders for no reason, Mm -hmm. because there's so much goodness that can be had in the undefined center, even if when it feels and when it feels hard and, and heavy, that's where the good stuff comes from. And that's why I like to talk about undefined centers in this way. Cause a lot of um, my clients will turn, want to turn away. Like I said, they want to hear about it and they're Mm -hmm. like, okay, well, Mm -hmm. that stuff. Now let's go into all the fun stuff, my defined centers and channels and woo. And it's like, that stuff's great, but you really need to look at your undefined centers and be uncomfortable with me telling you that you feel everyone's emotions and that's not going to be great all the time, but you can't stop it. You can Mm -hmm. work with it and become really wise about other people's paths in life and where they are at this moment and really be able to put yourself in their shoes and go okay like I don't like what you're doing but I see why you're doing it I understand where you are I feel it in my heart and that Mm -hmm. can be painful but it's incredibly to me it's incredibly strength building and it's it's helpful for other people to see it yeah. I mean, and I know like we talked before this about just like, there's so much beauty in the, in the undefined centers. And like, you know, I, I recently had a session with Kip Winsett, who's like mm-hmm. been in human design for decades. Right. He's amazing. And I love all mm-hmm. the different perspectives that he brings. And he was, he like just reminded me of something that I hadn't really like really thought of concretely in terms of human design before. He's like, well, we're all always evolving. Right. And so we've evolved to have open centers because if we all had completely defined centers and channels and gates and everything, there'd be nowhere for us to go. Yeah, we wouldn't grow like, in anything. <laughs> right. It would just all be like rigid beings, which not like not like have... off each other. <laughs> exactly. And I'm not saying if you have all your centers defined, you're rigid by any means. It's just more of the like, there'd be nowhere to there'd be no differentiation. There'd be no yeah. like con- we'd all be the same. <laughs> right. No places to connect with people. And so it's exactly. like 
our open centers are like where we can where we can learn and grow and explore and play and like you know and it's like it's like I feel like I don't know if this this was like for you but like when I learned about all my defined centers it was kind of a like it's very illuminating but also like yeah that makes sense that feels like me that sounds about right and then my, my undefined centers it's like oh there's a lot more fluidity and differentiation and possibility here in some ways mm-hmm. yeah when I first learned about it I did what I said that people do with me <laughs> I was like ah <laughs> get out of here mm-hmm. um my defined throat was actually a, a weird one for me I, I was like this is no I don't like to talk I don't like people mm-hmm. to hear me um I like to stay under the radar and I don't like to make waves or have opinions or anything so no this defined throat thing is wrong and then I realized that that was conditioning from childhood of needing to keep the peace and I did that by not speaking and uh the podcast has really really changed a lot of things for me and now I I, I'm not a very quiet person at all (laughs) so I I it's cool to see how sometimes your conditioning can really flip it to almost feel like an undefined center Mm -hmm. and then I really looked at and I was like ah dang it's it's just because I didn't want, I was afraid to talk. I was afraid I would make waves and I'd, or be seen. And I didn't want that. And now I do. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that's such, such an important point too, because like, I, I, like, I think sometimes you can look at human design and be like, here, here's the information. Here's like what this is quote unquote supposed to look like, which is not actually what, what it is. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And so, but it's, I think there's, there's a lot of people that have those experiences with their defined centers of like, this doesn't feel like me because of life experience, trauma, conditioning, yeah. like all sorts of different things. Mm-hmm. And so like sometimes with the undefined centers or, or the defined centers, excuse me, it can feel like uncovering that part of you that is innate to be like, oh, actually this is here, right? And I didn't yes. even necessarily, wasn't consciously aware of it up until yeah, now. Exactly. Now, I don't mean to make you play favorites, but <laughs> if you had to pick a favorite undefined center of your own, mm. you've got five to choose from. <laughs> <laughs> today we'll just say it's your favorite today mm-hmm. what what would what which one would that be oh my gosh no one's ever asked me this question before <laughs> it's a good one my favorite undefined center I would probably say the ego center the heart center at least today um it's probably probably because it's the one that I've done some of the most work with mm-hmm. um I just remember learning about the undefined heart and feeling so much permission to like set down the need to always feel worthy or to like feel like I have to have like perfect energy or circumstances in order to create or in order to work. And like, and also just the realization of like, oh, there's a reason why like I love, like I love playing sports and I love being competitive, but like not really. Like I don't care beyond the moment of like, this is fun, I'm enjoying this or Mm -hmm. like, yeah or like how like setting goals and like meeting them it's not that it's not fulfilling for me but it's like it doesn't certain ways of doing it don't like create like a satisfaction in me that like everyone told me I should have you know yeah and I I was it was it was that like oh there's actually nothing wrong with me I'm just not actually here to like try and like push my way through things not that a defined heart is either but it's like like that like that willpower like not actually needing to like will my way through things mm-hmm. has opened up so much for me both to like both to see like well what does it mean to not have willpower or not always have to be tuned into like my own sense of worth but also mm-hmm. the like how many things I was doing that really 
really weren't for me that I thought were because yeah. that's what I was conditioned to believe or like I thought would have people like love me or whatever you know? <laughs> yeah I feel the same way about the I have an undefined heart too and for me it's I feel like it's been pounded in our heads since we were children give 110 percent and like all this stuff that's like you need to be better than you were the day before and always yeah. be climbing the ladder and it's like no no no, yeah. I, first of all, as a mental projector, I'm not even here to give a hundred percent. I'm here to give <laughs> like 80 if I have, if I have it in me mm-hmm. and similar to you, you, you're fully defined up top, but you don't have any defined motors. So mm-hmm. to give 110% would, you'd be on the ground <laughs> you'd, right. be, you'd be on the floor <laughs> and it's not good for, to me personally, it's not good for anybody, any type to, to push themselves past a point where they cause themselves anxiety and stress and exhaustion, no matter what type you are. Cause that could happen to any and all people, non-sacral and sacral alike. But for us, everybody else is moving, chugging along in this world in a consistent way. And we come along and we can't grab anything consistently energetic energy wise. We're grabbing mm-hmm. for stuff or I was, and there's nothing there. <laughs> And it really, it really, um, I learned a lot about the undefined centers when I realized that I had no motors, no motors. It sounds so scary. We're going to talk about (laughs) that one in a minute, but I want to tell you my favorite undefined center. Yeah. And I would say today, but it's been my favorite undefined center since I learned about human design like four years ago. Um, and that's the G center. That's my favorite undefined center. When I learned when I was told, hey, you're not here to be any one thing. Mm-hmm. Like just that little sentence, I like burst into tears. This was oh, in my yeah. um, my mentorship with Jess. And I was like, what? And she goes, you're not here to be any one thing or to, to have titles or to, to do any one thing or to live any one place. You're fluid. You're here and there. And then she was like, you can have friends that are into this and friends that are into this. And I just started crying harder. And she's like, are you okay? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, as a child, I was, I was told by my parents, my mother specifically to pick things, to be Mm. something, to pick friends. She always told me I was very easily influenced and I like things because other people like them. And I didn't have an opinion of my own. I just Mm. like stuff because other people did or I didn't like it because they didn't like it. And it really messed with my sense of who I was. And I really had this thing in my head, like you have to, you're going to get a job and it's going to have a title and you're going to do this and you're going to live here and you're going to have a house and it's going to look like this. Mm-hmm. And I never wanted it. I didn't want it. And I think there was something wrong with me because I didn't want that. Yeah. But that's not it at all. I wanted the undefined G. I wanted to be able to be like, oh, I'm going to try this and see how this works. Oh, I don't like this. I'm going to go over here. Oh, I have friends who like this and who like this. And I get along with a bunch of different people. That's great. And my undefined G was the thing, the catalyst that moved me from California to Colorado mm-hmm. nine, nine years ago, way before I knew about human design. I was crawling in my skin. Like I couldn't stay there any longer. I just couldn't. And I couldn't explain why my family was there. I'd never been to Colorado in my life. I didn't know anybody here. Mm -hmm. And I just knew I had to go. 
Yeah. I was like, I have to go there. I couldn't, when I told people about it, I felt very dramatic because I was like, I feel like I'll die if I stay here. I feel like I'm just going to die. I've said that about a place I lived before, actually. That's really funny. Right? And it yeah. feels very dramatic. And it's like, yeah. God, Janelle, you're not going to die. But that's literally how I felt. Mm-hmm. It's like, it, you have to go. If you, you just yeah. have to. And I packed up my Tudor Honda with like a U-Haul in the mm-hmm. back. And mm-hmm. I drove here. And I had a, a Craigslist apartment. And <laughs> it was a little crazy at first. But I met my husband in three weeks on Tinder. Mm-hmm. So... I have a feeling that's why I came here. Sure. And, but I, when I learned about human design, I was like, oh my God, that's what happened. My G-Center mm-hmm. said, you have to go. And I actually listened this time, which I have a terrible time trusting my body and the things mm-hmm. that I feel or the things I think. Like anything mm-hmm. that comes from me, I'm like, what is this? This is a suspect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the moving thing was a huge trust thing. And it was really, it was scary, but it's the best thing I have ever done for myself in my life. And yeah. I know it was my G center saying, get out of here. That's so it's, it's so interesting to hear this, like from an undefined G perspective. Cause I feel like I've had very similar experiences with a defined G center mm-hmm. before of like, it's time to go. Like, this is not your place anymore. Or like, you don't belong here anymore, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I like, I wish I could feel it from the other side sometimes be like, what is the difference in how you experience it compared to how I experience it? Well, I wonder <laughs> if um, my undefined G is the most active, uh, center I have in my chart gate wise uh-huh. oh, and yeah, my yeah. incarnation cross I'm the right angle cross of the sphinx so I'm okay. all, all G, there G yeah gates. so <laughs> I thought the same thing and then when we when we were talking about it in my mentorship she was like yeah this is really this is a really weird thing to have she's like normally you would be defined with all this going on but mm-hmm. you are not and your incarnation cross is in your g center and is telling you to lead people but you have no leader of your own. And I was like, okay. And so I, I've been working with that for a while and it actually feels really nice to know that Mm -hmm. I'm here to lead, but I'm not here to be involved that much. Like I'm not here to hold people's hands. I've never really wanted to be a coach or anyone Mm -hmm. that is involved with somebody else for any length of time. I like to read and get out. And that sounded really cold to me and sounded Mm. very like, I didn't want to be attached to people. It sounded like I, I didn't like people. And at first I was like, this isn't right. And then I realized that I don't think I have the capacity to be attached to someone for that long, at least not right now. Mm -hmm. I have no interest in it whatsoever. (laughs) Yeah. And it's okay. Like to want to give somebody something and say, here you go, try this out, experiment with it. Obviously, if you have questions, ask me questions. And I'm, I'm very much connected to the people that I read for, but I'm not here to, 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 to tell them what to do, where to go. I'm just here to say, this is what I see when I mm-hmm. read for you. Try this, just see what happens. Yeah. And, and that's perfectly legitimate. Back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah. That was a really important thing I learned about my undefined G was yes, it's undefined, but it's a really important part of my chart energetically. Yeah. And I have a lot going on there, even though it's a big white square Mm -hmm. and that's true for everyone. You can look at, 
a d- undefined center, for instance, sometimes I look at the root and I'm like, ah, eh, big deal. Undefined root. Nah. <laughs> like it doesn't really mean anything. And then it gets defined in the transits. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I have like anxiety for mm-hmm. days. It, mm-hmm. I can, I, it's the only one that I can tell when it is defined in the transits or when I'm around somebody who has a defined root. It's the only one that I, I almost am always right because it instantly ratchets up my anxiety. <laughs> Yeah. And I'm like, I, and I, and I have this instant feeling of not enough time. I'm like, well, there's not enough time. I just don't have enough time. And I hear myself saying it, like talking about time. And I'm like, oh, that's the root. It's here. I know mm-hmm. it's here. And that's something I wanted to talk to you about because you are no motors, just mm-hmm. like me. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to know if you feel anything anything differently about undefined motors versus like your undefined spleen like does it affect you differently is it does the is the wisdom in it stronger or or how does that work for you yeah that's a great question it's interesting because you know my my partner who we've been living together for more than six years at this point he has a defined root a defined spleen and defined heart so he's a splenic projector Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so I um I feel like I've had a master class in root center energy since like for the past many years (laughs) because it is like I I notice I totally I totally notice it I've at this point I can tell like oh this isn't my pressure or like, I don't actually need to like act on this, but there was, there was a lot like years of our lives where I would constantly be like, hurry up, hurry up. We're going to be late. Like, come on. Like, what are you doing? Or like, you said you were going to do this thing at this point. Like, why hasn't it been done yet? Like, because I was stressing because I wanted the pressure of the thing to go away. So yeah, yeah, I could chill out. And I, I've, I, I still feel the pressure and I've like, I've had to learn to like ground into it and like, let it be there. And Mm -hmm. like, not either panic or take it out on him because we're leaving the house five minutes later than we originally said we would or something mm-hmm. like that yeah. and I didn't realize how acute that was in me when I was around like a defined root until I was constantly around the defined mm-hmm. root center mm-hmm. yeah like oh yeah like like because there were there'd be phases of life where like I literally would never relax I was constantly doing things and I I like I don't think it was fully because of him by any means but there was this like yeah oh like I don't actually have anything I need to be doing right now I just feel this pressure to get things yeah. done it's you you're doing yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's something else I wanted to mention is it's no one's fault if no. they define your undefined centers and it really throws you for a loop it's totally. no one's fault it's not yours or anyone else's it's just something we learn to work with and I'm I jokingly said that but like I would never say to my husband it's your fault because he's no. very similar defined to your husband he's spleen uh sacral heart he's a, mm-hmm. a sacral generator yeah and his heart energy sometimes messes with me mm-hmm. and makes me feel like I need to show him things like I need to prove to him that um I'm yep. thinking about him or that I love him or like mm-hmm. I, it, it's like makes me go okay show him this tell him this do this stuff and I'm like oh, okay yeah. and so totally. I've been able to notice that that part um and usually it has to do with him and usually it has to do with how much I love him like make sure he knows how much you love him yeah interesting and it doesn't really go anywhere else it just is like make sure he knows <laughs> And yeah. I have had to like pull back on that because it makes me controlling of him and his energy because I won't allow him to be upset or sad mm. or mm-hmm. mad. 
yeah to control that for him he defines my emotional center we define each other's emotional center actually Mm -hmm. which is not the greatest Um, so I think a lot of times that comes into play too Um, but it's really crazy how and how each of us experiences undefined centers differently when they're defined by other people or by the transits like it's not always the same your undefined spleen isn't going to feel like my undefined spleen when it's right the transits we just it's gonna go differently and you might not feel it at all there's certain times when stuff is defined I'm like really I don't even yeah I'm pretty cool not yeah not that root center but (laughs) yeah and that's fair I think we all have our our places right like where like we feel it more often than not yeah my I mean like my solar plexus has been defined by the transits for at least the past three years. I feel like, cause I have gates either pointing ever. toward it or hanging off of it that like, I honestly haven't looked back further than that. I don't know if it's ever been like fully undefined except for when I was born, you know, <laughs> like, I mean, I'm sure it, I'm sure there are times when it actually yeah. is, but like, yeah, it's pretty much always defined. And so like, I, I both like resonated with the undefined solar plexus and I resonate a lot with like the defined solar plexus because I do like feel through a lot of different things and feel different emotional waves. Mm -hmm. But where I do notice is that like avoidance of conflict or like not wanting to like bring up potentially uncomfortable things, which I've done, I've done a lot of work around because it's like part of being in relationship with other humans. Mm -hmm. But, but it is that like, Oh yeah, I really do feel when other people are like experiencing stuff and they might not even be aware of it, but I I'm aware of it. And that can be a lot sometimes. Yeah. Um, yeah, the undefined solar plexus. That's another one where I feel uh, it's hard for people to see the wisdom in it, especially when they first learn about yeah. it. And it sounds like something that it sounds like a to me. It sounds like something that we just you just gave somebody, and you're like, all right, you're stuck with this now for the rest of your life. <laughs> Mm-hmm. and it's it, it's it's so crazy to just tell people like yeah you feel others emotions and that's that's what it's going to be from mm-hmm. from here on out and you take that and you turn it into something I wouldn't say useful but something helpful for you and for others yeah. for me as a projector I'm always like how is it helping the other person how because mm-hmm. it's not about me it's about these other people and yeah the undefined solar plexus is it was what the one where when I when I learned about it I was like oh this is why I'm so emotional and crazy mm-hmm. and I didn't know why I would cry I was always crying like mm-hmm. I cried a lot confrontation especially would just like yeah I get that um, <laughs> and I just I was like am I crazy because I would feel things so ramped up and I would get my mom would be like you get so like you get, you get so ramped up in your body. Like you get so your adrenaline just gets so high and you get so mm-hmm. stressed out. And she would, and, and she's like, I just don't know why you do this to yourself. And I'm like, well, now that I know it was really just, I wasn't aware. I wasn't aware. I thought everything was mine. And that made me think I wasn't sane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think it does, it uh, does it to anyone who, who's undefined emotional, it's not, it's not just that you're feeling other people's emotions, it's you're feeling them at an extreme level. And there's no way to explain why that is. And there's no place to put it. There's no shelf to put the emotion and go, oh gosh, I'm feeling so much uh, 
anger right now. I don't, I'm not, I'm so angry. Why am I so angry? Like there's nowhere for it to go because you don't know where it's coming from. Mm. So I think when people learn to work, to, to love and have compassion for me, it's always acceptance and compassion towards the things that you're, you've got. So acceptance and compassion towards this undefined emotional center, then you realize it for me, because define Ajna, hello, I try to like logic, make things make logical sense. Mm, so mm-hmm. when I feel an emotion and it's real high and it, it gets, for me, it just happens really quickly. And that's what I know it's not mine is when it's like, and I'm like, what, where did that come from? Mm-hmm. And then I play like a little game. I'm like, okay, who am I around? Who did I talk to? Did I see somebody on zoom? Like what is happening? And then I figure it out and I feel good allowing my logic mind to do that even though I know we're not here to make decisions in the mind it's just more of a game it's like an experiment that I do and it's like okay this emotion goes here or oh crap this actually belongs to me mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's it's a, I think when you have an undefined emotional center if you start to look at things that way more of, of observing rather than being in it then you can place where the stuff goes and it, it clears faster. It still takes time, but it clears a lot faster when you can be objective. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like being objective about feelings, but yes. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's, it's true though. It's like my logic thing does. I have to, I have to find ways to be objective. I think it's the Mm -hmm. six too. The six line really wants to be objective. Totally. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I think there is so much wisdom in being able to have a little bit of neutrality and like being able to like separate out the feeling from the story you might be telling about the feeling. Mm -hmm. Right. And like, like having, having ways to process things out of your body, whether it's like through exercise or through like energy clearing practices or through grounding or like having ways to move emotions, Mm -hmm. even if they're not yours. Like, I think, I think, I think like, cause you're talking about like, there's nowhere for them to go. Right. I think that's a thing that happens to a lot of people because they're like, we, trying to process by understanding it instead of just letting it move through your system logic your way that's what yeah I <laughs> let, me, let me figure out the answer to this emotion which yeah. I get it my I have a like my moon is in Virgo like I want a logical perfect process for every single thing yeah. <laughs> for every single feeling and it's like like that's that's like where I've really had to like dig in with my undefined solar plexus of like can I just recognize that this feeling is here without needing to even like tell a story or understand where it came from and can I like move it out in some way and sometimes like I do need to understand where it came from because there's something there for me and there's something that like I need to understand about that but not every single time you know yeah Hmm, I'm gonna practice that one yeah usually I have to be like where is this coming from yeah. Can um, I, can I say one more thing about that yeah. too? I mean, like both the undefined solar plexus in general, and like you mentioned this earlier that I think is really important is like, because there's, there's the whole school of thought that like none of your emotions are yours, right? You don't actually have emotions if you have an undefined solar plexus. And like, mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but I don't really subscribe to that. <laughs> I don't think it's possible as a human to not have no, emotions. Right. It's like, yes, yours. we might, I might not have like, like the example I'm going to use is, is like grief because like when my mom passed away, like that was my grief. That still is my grief. Like I'm working with it every single day. Right. Mm -hmm. But I think what I've noticed is that like, I don't have 
one specific way it comes up or like one like way like that that emotion emotional wave plays out I will experience it in many different ways depending on who I'm around depending on the transits depending on what it is it doesn't mean it's not mine right it just means like I'm not I don't I'm not going to process it consistently exactly the same way every single time Yeah. yeah I love that yeah it's like it's it's inconsistent the the emotions that are ours how we how we feel them I think you're you're right on that and I wonder if that's because we spend so much time feeling other people's emotions that when they're our own, we're like, well, what do, how do I, what do I do with this? This one stays yeah. with me. So I got to work, work all the way through this one. And I, and this, that's the time where I feel like you, you do kind of have to figure out, not figure out where it's coming from, but what, 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 why is it, what's it here to show you? Just like you said, what's mm-hmm. it here for? Why, why are you showing this to me? Yeah. And definitely we have our, our own emotions, but I think, especially for me, my emotions are not that like demonstrative or huge. They're yeah. just, I, I know what they are and they're almost like logical in my head. I'm like, Oh, I'm <laughs> like, I'm really happy because of this. This makes sense. Mm-hmm. I'm really pissed off because of this. That makes sense. But I think when I can't explain it or when they're, whoa, really huge. I, that's when I'm like, I don't, know if this is mine and that's when I am like maybe I'm I'm gonna process this as if it is not mine and see what yeah happens. yeah that totally makes sense well and it's interesting because I was just thinking about like you know we were talking about the G center earlier and how like with the undefined G there's so much space to like try on different roles and sample different things and it's like I don't know if maybe people do talk about the undefined solar plexus that way but it's like like not even like trying on emotions but like trying on ways of experiencing emotions yeah 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 right? Like, exactly. okay, but, but it's, but it's like remembering, which is not always easy, like remembering, like, but I don't have to take this on as this is the only way I experience joy or like, you know, yeah. sadness or whatever. Yeah. yeah, man, that undefined G, it was, it blew my mind away. And I didn't realize how much my mom telling me those things yeah. really got in here and made me think like, if you don't have this stuff, then you're not a like you're not a real person you're not trying you're not doing life right yeah somehow and to learn that no actually doing life right means not sticking with the same job for 20 years and not thinking that you have to live in the same place or have the same friends Mm -hmm. or do the same things every day like my routine is very all over the place I have I do have gate five so I have I have a specific morning routine involving yoga Mm -hmm. and meditation that I, I always follow, Mm -hmm. but it looks different every day. Yeah. Sometimes I do a yoga video. Sometimes I do my own stuff. Sometimes I do kickboxing. Sometimes I go for a walk. Like it always looks different, Mm -hmm. but it's always the same. Like, that's how I'm, I was like, ah, this is how someone with so much inconsistency, inconsistency in their chart might have consistent pieces because they don't look the same, but I do it every morning. It might not be at the same time, but I do it. And so that was really cool for me to learn is that even though I have a lot of inconsistency with the openness and the undefined Mm -hmm. centers of my chart, I can still have consistent patches in life. They just don't look the same all the time. And the idea of a schedule and, and And having my work week look the same every week is like, I don't know how that would go. Even before I learned about human design, I wait tables. So when I was waiting tables full-time, my week 
never looked the same. Like mm-hmm. I worked different days. I saw different random people. I, like it was always a different thing. And so even yeah. before I learned about human design, I realized that I actually like inconsistency. It scared me to think that because that is letting go of control. And I'm a big control. I like control a lot. Mm-hmm. So to realize that I have always been somewhat inconsistent. I've yeah. never had a day job. I've never, um, I don't want kids. Like there's certain mm-hmm. things where it's like, oh, so I have already built this into my life, this, this acceptance of inconsistency. But when people are telling you now that that's the good, the thing, the thing to do, it freaks me out. And I'm like, oh mm-hmm. no, now I need, now I need to have more control. <laughs> so that's one of the things that I'm working with, but it's so neat to think of the word inconsistent as not a bad thing because mm-hmm. it comes to everybody thinks that that's negative if you're an inconsistent yeah. person that's not a good thing you need to be consistent that's the thing in life yeah well and but, also like how you define consistency and like what that actually looks like it's like it sounds like you're talking about that like like daily consistency or like doing yeah. the same thing every week or whatever and it's like you probably actually do have a fairly consistent rhythm and flow it just might not work the way that everybody else's does right no it doesn't yeah yeah sure. <laughs> but like you can probably recognize the parts that are that like similar like you were saying with your like your morning I routine. can I can mm-hmm. but also when I get when I get busy and I have a lot of stuff on my schedule I start to get like it gives me anxiety I have mm-hmm. to like watch it and be like okay you, you have to put this next week because this is yeah. this is too many things happening <laughs> Yeah. And even though I have them scheduled and organized and I put time in between, I'm like, Oh, put in rest time. You'll be good. Mm-hmm. No, just because you, I can schedule rest time for myself. doesn't mean that it's an, I can do the next thing. Like right. it doesn't mean that at all. It's nice that I go rest time, like good for you for putting that in there and being nice to yourself. But putting rest time in your days does not automatically mean you're going to have consistent energy. And I think that's a thing that some non-cycles might think Yeah, is if you work really hard to give yourself rest time or my rest day every week is this day and mm-hmm. you really like plan it a lot, you think <laughs> that it will somehow cure the inconsistent sacral energy are you in my Google calendar? (laughs) No, is that something you've been thinking? No, I just, I, I've, I tried that for so many years. And even, even now every once in a while, when I'm not quite sure what like the next season of my life looks like, I'll be like, well, if I can just have Thursdays to not do this and Mondays to do this. And then I'm like, I always catch myself like, and I also have gate five, like gate 15, (laughs) no gate five, gate 15. So I'm like all over the place, but not in a bad way. It's like, I've just started to, it comes back to that self-trust thing, right? Like I've started to come to the place of like, but if I give myself 10 minutes every night before I go to bed to like really look at what am I feeling about tomorrow in this moment, I usually can wake up and be like, yeah, that tracks or I need to like shift mm-hmm. a couple of things. But yeah, but yeah, I agree. And like some days I'll be like, I have six calls on my calendar and I'm fine. And some days I have one and it's too many and it's just, and there's no way to know. I'm not always going to know. Yeah. yeah that's, the, <laughs> that's the part. And it's great that we're taking care of ourselves and it, I'm always going to plan and rest because if I don't do it, I won't do it. But I I have had to tell myself that the rest time doesn't mean that you're coming back a generator. Like it's just, it's not like you got a good night's sleep last night. Okay. Well now you're working for 10 hours straight today. Like that's not how it goes and it will never be that way. 
yeah as much as like <laughs> our brains would really like it to be that way yeah. as much as society would like us to maybe be that way yeah to be able to figure out a, a formula to get us to where everybody else is in yeah. energetic energy wise but we're to, and I say this a lot and I don't mean to disparage other types, but I feel like our energy is quality rather than quantity. Not to say that generators don't have quality energy. Obviously they do because we, we use it. It's all, mm -hmm. thank you. But I feel like the way we process energy and the way we should look at it is it's, it's, you, it's, it's, you have to hold on to it and, and use it where it's necessary. And you don't need to use all your energy every day. In fact, that's not that's not the best thing. When yeah. I learned that my mind was blown. Yeah. I was like, wait, I'm not supposed to like work out in the morning and at night. Like I'm not, I'm not supposed to like be completely exhausted of all energy to make the day worth it. That's mm. not how it goes. Mm -hmm. <gasps> that like, that freaked me out, man. Like, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm allowed to give 80% and I'm not late. Like, I was like, that's lazy. That's laziness. Yeah. <sighs> You get conditioned pretty deeply. <laughs> oh my God. And it doesn't, and it doesn't go away just because you know about it. Like right. I still catch myself in that spot, but because I know now it's kind of nice because mm -hmm. I can remind myself and go, it's okay. Like you've got 80%. Um, recently I was, I was offered to make, I think I'm pretty sure what it was going to be would be like teaching videos, like teaching human design. And that's not, I don't want to do that. Mm, yeah. And in my head, I was going, but you have the knowledge, Janelle, you have the knowledge, you have the time. They're giving you the platform. You need, you should do the thing that this thing, you should do the thing that they want. Mm -hmm. I, I define heart center, do the thing they want. Yep. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to, I don't want to do it. And in my head was like, you're passing up an opportunity. Do mm -hmm. this thing that they want from you. And it's like, not at this time. And that is this, this out that I've been able to give myself same way that I said to you, what's your favorite center today? Yeah. When I'm like, I don't want to teach human design. I'd say in my head, I don't want to teach human design at this time. This is not such the time. a beautiful undefined G thing too of like today. <sighs> no, <laughs> because if I say, I don't want to teach human design, then that's forever. Right. In my mind. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> I love that. The, the defined, the defined mind, like needs to find its way to work things into the like, oh Okay. God. This will fit here. Okay. <laughs> Dude, yep. being a three, six mental projector with 10 third lines in an undefined G center mm -hmm. is like, which, which way do you want me to go? Yeah. <laughs> yep. But it's, it's, they want you to go both ways, which exactly. sounds creep crazy the way I said it, but you know what I mean? <laughs> I totally know what you mean. Yeah. It's so funny. It, I think I have nine, nine third line gates. So I totally oh get that God. too. Yeah, it's like both. just here to experiment and see what happens and like mess it up a bunch of times. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. When I learned, when, when Teo told that to me, he goes, yeah, he's like, you're really, really just built to, to try a bunch of stuff and to not, it's not going to be clear. It's really not going to be clear. And I was like, great. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it's, it is great because once I I've learned things, it's, it's crazy how you can find beauty in the things that when you first heard it, sound like an explosion a, a car mm -hmm. crash you're like what do I do what do I do with this yeah and the beautiful thing is no one tells you what no one is supposed to tell you there's nothing to tell you 
know what to do. You just take the information and you, you marinate with it and you get mad and you get sad and you get, whoa, maybe this is actually a great thing. And that's what I did anyway. Turn it around, turn it around in my head. What do I have? What do I have in my head that does that? Because I have an undefined head. <laughs> 64. I mean, it's uh, 64. It is. Yep. It's not 64. And I want I want to see it from all the sides and I mm-hmm. want to I want it to make sense. And now yeah. with human design, I almost get excited when things don't make sense. Or when I <laughs> when I mess something up. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I was supposed to mess this up. I wonder why I was supposed to mess this up. Let's see what happens. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it sounds like it's giving you a lot of permission to like just be with what is in that moment. I feel like a mad scientist sometimes. <laughs> like, what's gonna happen next? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And sometimes it's, it can be scary and lonely and like, cause I feel like I said, sometimes I don't feel like I have anything to grab onto mm-hmm. with my chart, especially. I feel like sometimes when I, when I fangirl over other people's charts, I can hold on to their, I'm like, ah, oh, you can hold on to that sacral. You can hold on to that heart. You can hold on to that two, four. Hello. Like you can, there's things you can that are more black and white for me when I look at certain things in human design. Mm-hmm. And when I look at my own chart, it's a lot of gray, very much mm. gray. Interesting. And I'm, but I'm getting into it. Like I used to not, cause I'm a, I'm a control freak. So black and white is my thing. I'm learning that that's not, I can see the black and white in other people and that's great. But for me, it's probably just going to be gray. It was little, little like, like flashes of black and white clarity. When I say black and white, to me, that's clarity. I'm not, I'm probably using it in the wrong way, but for me, that's more of a clarity and the gray is more of a cloudy. Mm, and, yeah. Well, I feel like that's a very projector thing, right? To like have a hard time seeing yourself for like an extended period of time. <laughs> yeah. You do it too. You see it for like a second, you're like, oh, and then it goes away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's really funny. Um, okay. So is there anything more you want to talk about undefined centers? And then, um, we can chat a little bit about three, six, cause I know we both wanted to talk about that. Yeah. I mean, I feel like there's so much more and also like we probably covered quite a bit. So <laughs> I know we didn't talk about every single center, but I feel like we talked about the ones we were both excited about in this moment, at least. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have an undefined head too, and I definitely feel that, but I've gotten really good at that one simply by the not self mantra of you're thinking about things that don't matter. Mm-hmm. All Every center has what's called a not self theme. And when you look at it on my body graph anyway, if it's an undefined center, it will show you the not self theme. And a not yeah. self theme is basically a little road flare that says, hey, you're going, you should, maybe you should shift a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> like, or maybe you should slow down or stop. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of a sign that says, hey, it's not bad. You will always feel your not self at some point in time, no matter what you do, it's always going to be there. And for me, the thinking about things that don't matter is something that really stops it for me. Like when I go, you're thinking about something that doesn't matter. I, it really stops whatever that is. And I can feel my Ajna probably looking for something else to focus on. Mm-hmm. And then it goes, oh, focus on this thing. Mm-hmm. that you're doing right now, like washing dishes or making tea or, or the show you're watching or the conversation with your husband, focus on that thing that's happening. Yeah. That makes and sense. And then the thing that doesn't matter kind of goes 
to the back. It usually doesn't go away, but it goes to the back. Yeah. Um, and that that has actually been one of the most powerful tools I've had for the undefined head. Because the undefined head used to really mess with me and give me a lot of anxiety. Mm-hmm. And I, I it, it doesn't so much anymore. It That's really great. It doesn't. <laughs> so, and it's, yeah, it's, you're thinking about things that don't matter. It's, I'll mm-hmm. say it to myself and I'm like, <gasps> And I, and I, and I can clear as day, see that the thing doesn't matter. I can mm-hmm. see it. And I'm like, oh, you can go away because you truly do not matter. And that's probably one of the things that's really helped me with the undefined head. Um, all the undefined centers have it. Uh, the undefined throat one is, is an interesting one. The mm-hmm. way that I've heard it is you're trying to attack, attract attention. Yeah. And I know that hits people in a weird way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but there's like so much nuance to that too, right? Like I, I like I love the one sentence description. Then I also it's like, but that can show up in so many different ways. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like noticing like, oh, am I, am have I not had a chance to speak? So when I, it's finally my turn, I don't shut up because I like can't help myself, or the like, I'm not being like people are passing over and like aren't interested in what I have to say. So like I'm trying to find a place for my voice to go, or like there's so many different ways mm-hmm. you can look at that. But yeah, yeah. It's super interesting. And also like every defined throat that I know, like it's so funny to hear, like hear just like, sometimes it's like the most random, random shit will come out of their mouths. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, that is amazing. That was not clearly not planned or calculated. <laughs> like, I can't tell you how many times a day my husband goes, are you talking to me or are you talking to yourself? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cause he's like, I don't know what you're saying. I don't know what you're talking about. And yeah. I have to go, oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm just I'm, t- I'm, I'm thinking out loud and I'm talking and it's not to you. And we, mm-hmm. yeah, he'll be like, what? And I'll, I'll, t- I'll, something will blurt out of my mouth that I thought about like three hours ago and we yeah. had a conversation about, and then I'll say something. He's like, are you, wait, are you still talking about that thing? <laughs> and I'm like, I think so. I don't know. Yeah. Cause I, I have the, I have the 43. So a lot of times it's, it's hard for me to articulate what it is that I'm trying to say. Mm. which bothers me because I'm a pretty articulate person mm-hmm. and I'm pretty good with words. I've always been kind of pretty good with words, but when it comes to certain things that plop into here, I'm like, uh, I'll get back to you when I can yeah. <laughs> figure out how to say this with words. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. And that's like, but that's also like the, like, I mean, that's the beauty of like, of the throat center in general. And like, particularly if you have an undefined throat, it's like, you may not know what you have to say ahead of time, but like sometimes just like the most perfect and beautiful things come out. And it's like, oh, I could not have possibly pre-planned this. And like, this is what's clearly needed in this moment in this, with this person or in this space. I used to have a hard, really hard time trusting that when I was younger, super hard time trusting that anything that I had to say was important or anyone cared about anything that I had to say. It was, it was rough. And now when I'm giving readings, I'll say something that sounds really weird to me. And mm-hmm. I'm like, this doesn't, this sounds weird. And I'll say it. And that's the thing that they're like, oh, mm. wait, and they'll have to repeat it and we'll talk about it. And I'm like, really, that's the, that's the thing that caught you. Cause I don't know where that came from at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I have to just let myself say the thing. Cause a mm-hmm. lot, I think a lot of times when you have a defined throat, especially if you were conditioned to be small, manifesting generators I'm I'm talking to you probably um I feel like it can be really easy to just hold back all the things you want to say and 
when someone tells you, actually, just let it all go and see what happens. That's real. It's very scary. It's very scary to trust that you won't just sound like a bumbling idiot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel you. <laughs> all right. Well, let's talk about the three six because, first of all, congratulations on being a very rare um, <laughs> profile with me. Right I back mean, at you. Yeah. <laughs> every, I think everybody's special and unique. And anytime I say a human design chart, I'm like, oh, you have this, you have this. This is so cool. This is this. Mm-hmm. I can, I, I get, I fangirl over every single person's. But a lot of people, when they hear I'm a three, six, are like, you're a three, six. I know. (laughs) Like we're like, we're some crazy, like, um, role models on the roof or on the (laughs) hill or wherever we're at at this time. And I feel like people hear it. And then they think we're like spark, like, like we're magic or something. And well, I don't know. I almost I don't am know magic. what to do with it. I don't know like how you feel about that. <laughs> See, this is what I need to do. I need to trust in this. I'm I'm just now getting into the fact that I can trust my intuition and mm. my and the fact that I have gifts like that. I'm like, I yeah. have are you sure I have gifts? Because I'm not sure. And so when when the three six comes up with people and they're like, whoa, I, I almost am like, I don't. I don't feel like I'm in it. Like I'm in mm. it, but I'm like, am I, I don't think I'm that special. <laughs> it's hard for me. It's this whole thing about have, being here for a purpose. Mm. I, it was never anything that I ever thought about myself. Got and it. So, yeah. And for people who are listening, the three, six isn't any more special than any of the other profiles. It's pretty rare it's interesting in the fact that they kind of, they go together. And at the beginning of your life, you're essentially a three, three, which is not a thing, but mm-hmm. <laughs> you're, it, you're in a stage of the sixth line. That is the, essentially like the third line. And so mm-hmm. when you have the third in front of you, it's just a whole lot of trying stuff out mm-hmm. a whole lot, way more than I thought. And this helped me so much to realize that my authority, the out, my outer authority, the mental projector authority Mm -hmm. comes second. A lot of times to the trying things, Mm -hmm. almost every time I have to try something first, then run it through my authority. Yeah. I feel that because sometimes you just don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't work any other way because I don't know how this is going to go. So a lot of times I, I do things a little bit backwards, which to me, I don't really think there's an order. I know, I know for certain authorities, it's easier to probably do things in a, in a particular way. And like, obviously if you have sacral authority, you're like, Oh, what does my sacral feel? Okay. This or this, but for, but even then, you know, you might get a yes in the moment and then get into action and then be like, Oop, actually I needed to have that action in order to see that this is actually not for me. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. So yeah, I think anyone who's especially third line first, um, <laughs> it's almost like, yeah, I, I, this is what I advise people is you have to step in it first. You have to put your foot in first. And almost all third lines are, I don't want to say perfectionists, maybe I do, but they really don't like to get things wrong. Mm. Like when you, when I first learned I was third line, I was like, mm. I, I don't, I don't like to be wrong. I don't like, I like to be right. The first time I like to do things one and done clean. I try to get myself really prepared. 
and being prepared for a third line is it's almost a waste of time Mm. (laughs) it's almost to me now it's almost like you're you're putting too much effort into it's easier for you than this at the beginning it's easier it's just try it and for me trying things we used to be super hard and super scary and now I realize that it's actually the easiest thing to do is to not have to worry about uh thinking about your authority or or even your type just kind of saying I actually have to do this first and that's the thing is just to do it first and it really becomes simple when you think about it that way is okay what's the first step okay do that thing first and then get to this other stuff. And usually it works out for me when I do stuff that way. And when I say works out, I mean, either the thing works or it doesn't. And I learned something from it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it is interesting. And like, I, I, I think there can be that tendency, especially because we're, you know, we're conditioned to try and do our best and being our best meaning like succeeding in a traditional way like all of the time and like there's not a lot of space given for failure and mistakes and experimentation in a lot of traditional routes and so like I I had that I I still work through that like I want to get it right on the first try I think that's like a little bit of the sixth line too of like striving for perfection um yeah but like realizing that I can go over a million scenarios in my mind and I can like, you know, write a 20 step plan and be like, do all the research and be like, this is the best way. And then like, exactly like you said, until I am in it, I might be like, Oh, nope, none of that's going to work. Like, okay. And you look at all the stuff you just prepared and it's like, I don't, I don't, I don't need any of that. I'm good. (laughs) So I've learned to stop wasting so much time and I think the prepare, getting prepared is I'm, I'm just afraid. Mm. I'm afraid to put the, my foot out there. So I'm like, I'm just going to get super prepared. And like you said, look at it from all the angles, run all the scenarios in my head. And it's just cause I'm, I'm scared to make the first step. Yeah. So I've really tried to cut that part out and say, you don't need to be this prepared. You just need to go. That's your part of your gift is you can just go and, and, and kind of think on the fly and like do things while you're in motion. And Mm -hmm. that has really helped me, especially when I learned I was a mental projector because the uh, mental projector authority is is to me a pretty vague one. (laughs) And it's, it doesn't like, it doesn't work the same way every time. It Mm -hmm. doesn't look the same way every time. Mm -hmm. And it's, I don't know, it's one of the things that, I really am starting to learn to enjoy, but at first I was like, what do I, what do I do with this? Mm-hmm. Just go stand around in different places and talk to people. I don't know. It's anything. Yeah. And, and yes, that is part of it. And yes, I do that, but, um, it's usually after I've made a step in, in what I'm doing, like I, I process as I go and I'm sure yeah. you process as you go mm-hmm. and this can make us very efficient yes which is a, one of my favorite words as a projector is efficiency and so it can feel really nice to 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 be in it like I almost I feel successful I feel like almost like smarter when I'm when I step in it and I'm like okay I'm in it now okay let's process yeah. all right you're thinking about it 
Um, do you want to get back to that person about teaching this stuff? Let's wait because you're thinking about it now. No, tell them that it's not for you. Do it. Just say it. And I'll make myself do those things of one foot in front of the other. Like, just go. Just see what happens. And mm-hmm. even if you're not a third line, there's probably somewhere in your chart that's, <laughs> that's saying you should just try it a little bit. You're thinking too much. You're thinking too much. Yeah. Almost everybody is thinking too much. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I think so anyway. I know I am most of the time. <laughs> and I feel like a lot of other people, it's a, I mean, it's a, it's a reflex and it's a self-soothing mechanism, I think, to, mm-hmm. to plan it all out, to make sure you know all the scenarios and what could happen if this happened or this happened. And it's exhausting. Mm-hmm. So try, try, try it the other way. Sometimes people, <laughs> so what do you, what do you have to say about being the three, six or the three, six or anything like that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, so many things, but I, I think what I'm really aware of, you know, I'm, I'm like pretty firmly in my second phase of the six line right now yeah, me too. and just like looking back on, especially like the first 30 years of my life about like you know, it's like, yes, you're three, three, but as a six line, like the six line doesn't have that same like resilience and adaptability that the third line does. And I would just, I would just like have looked back and really thought about this of like how, how easy it is for me to like mentally adapt and pivot and change and like kind of go with the flow, but it takes a toll on my body when I do that. And just like seeing all these different places where I would get burned out or sick, or like, you know, I have, I have several different, like things that health things that flare up every once in a while mm-hmm. and just recognizing where it's like I will continuously get pulled you know we both were like off the roof like into into life into experimentation into but stuff. like but like creating that space to care for my system like my physical body in order to have the space to experiment is just as important as like trusting myself enough to just get started exactly yeah I totally I see that and I love that you brought that up. Uh, the third line, yeah, we're here to trial and error. We're here to blow things up, throw spaghetti against the wall, whatever you want to call it. But we have a resiliency about us in, in the energy of the third line that is like, what doesn't kill you will make you stronger. And it, yeah. it, it it's what keep, is, it makes us able to keep trying the things even after mm-hmm. we've, it hasn't gone the way we've wanted maybe a bunch of times. Yeah. And the sixth line, and just like you said, does not have that resiliency. So although it is here to experiment, especially at the beginning portion, and when you have the third, the three in the front, you're always going to be, like you said, bouncing off the roof mm-hmm. and trying things out because that's how we process things. But really creating a space for your physical body, and I think this is a six line thing. I mean, it's probably a lot of other uh, types and profiles and stuff, but especially to maintain our, our role modelness, we have to take care of, of our body and our mind. And, and really, like you said, kind of pull back on the pivoting and the, the trying everything for everybody else, because yeah, that's essentially what a third line is here to do. We're trying the stuff so that you don't have to, <laughs> mm-hmm. we're, we're trying it and we're sharing our experience so that you can go, ah, oh, you know what? She went that way and look what happened. It, it actually worked out pretty well for her. So I'm going to go that way, even though everybody else is going the other way. Mm-hmm. I'm going to 
go that way with her and see what happens. And that's kind of, that's to me, that's a, a lot, I get a lot of satisfaction from sharing my experiences with other people, especially when stuff doesn't work, mm-hmm. especially when it's messy and embarrassing and like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I used to hate sharing that stuff with people because I didn't want them to see that, that I did that. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I messed up so bad or that it went so askew. It was embarrassing. And I didn't want people to see that. And now I know that that's a strength. Like I want people to see this because then they know it's okay if they mess up or they're not Mm going to die if they try the thing that they want to do more than anything else because they're scared. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what I think we're here to show people. Yeah. And then the sixth line comes in and says, yeah, but make sure it's, make sure it's really unique and really you and Mm. do it your way, really your way. So that's what it's done for me. The six line is really push my experiments, my third line experiments and my sharing really far out there of like, no, this is how you really like to do it. And it might be weird that this is what you like to do, but share it anyway, because there's going to be someone out there that's like, oh, that actually that is actually how I would want to do that thing. If Mm -hmm. I did that thing, that's how I would want to do it. So I'm going to try that thing. Yeah. And I was really freaked out when I first learned about the six slide role model. I was like, I don't, I don't want to be a role model. I don't want Mm. people to look at me. I don't want people to do things the way I I don't do things right. I do things weird. (laughs) And I was like, no, I don't want this. I don't want this responsibility. Mm. Um, I have, I have to find it, but there's a particular gate that has to do with responsibility and I definitely have it. And, Mm. um, I think it's 50. I don't know. I'd have to look it up. Um, but I don't like responsibility. It like freaks me out. And so when I learned that about the sixth line, I was, it was another time when I was like, "Mm." Mm. then I realized that it has nothing to do with being responsible to other people. It has Mm. to do with it's one of the few times as a projector where I feel like I can really turn it on myself and go, no, you're resp- this is a responsibility to yourself to live your own way, yeah, to walk your own path, to do what you want. Mm-hmm. And people see it and say, you don't have to push it into people's faces. You don't have to actively role model to them. Yeah. <laughs> they see it and they go, oh, this is neat. I'm going to try something different because she tried something different. Might not be the same thing I tried, but just to strike that, be different mentality into people is is what I take from the six line and what makes me actually really happy about it now because I, I realize I don't have a responsibility to to other people to be anything that's great yeah but yeah so that's that's kind of what I've taken from the three six and from all the undefined centers and it's really a lot of growth and it's uncomfortable and it's (laughs) not fun, but it really once I feel like a lot of times when I I'm aware of something as even as it's happening, I feel so much lighter because I give myself that awareness. I have this awareness. Now I have this compassion and acceptance for this thing now. And it's lighter. I feel lighter. Yeah. When I feel light, I know I'm like, I did. I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing this for myself. Like I'm doing this for me. I'm taking care of me. I'm, I'm doing this. I'm doing it right. 
I like to say doing it right, even though there's no rights <laughs> in mm-hmm. my head, I go, you're doing it right. You're, you're experimenting correctly. Good job. Mm-hmm. I, I have, I like to, I don't know. I like to, <laughs> I like to turn thing, everything into logical, <laughs> but sometimes it helps me. It helps me to see things clearly when I do things that way. And when I go, look, this happened because this happened. It's, it's, it makes sense in human design because it's an experiment. So to want to look for cause and effect, to want to have proof, want all those things, it makes sense, but it's not going to look like the way you thought it was going to at Mm -hmm. all. And Mm -hmm. so start, keep reaching for those signs of, of proof or that this thing is real. You're never going to get those things. It's going to show it to you in a different way. Whew. (laughs) that was a chatty one today Um, is there anything else that you want to add about Um, anything no I think that's pretty good for now okay cool where can we find you if we're looking for you Kate yeah um on Instagram my thing my thing my handle I think that's what it's called (laughs) is uh Kate underscore Marolt M-A-R-O-L-T and then also my website is katemarolt.com so awesome well, yeah. thank you so very much for coming on. This was yeah, a great absolutely. chat. And thank you all for listening. I will catch you on the flip side. Thank you for listening to Chatting Human Design. Join me again soon. Have a fantastic day.